All right, welcome everybody. We are glad that you are here for our Digital Campus Daily Broadcast. My name is Stephen Beardsley. If you don't know who I am and I am joined, the picture on the screen is our Connections Pastor with the Desi Lugo. And the beautiful lady that is also on the screen with us is Pastor Rachel Lugo. And uh, if you've never visited Newark UPC, then you don't know who she is. But once you visit one time, you'll know who she is. So we're excited to have Rachel with us tonight. A couple of quick announcements, which is uh, these broadcasts are every night except for Monday night, every night at 7 p.m. So be aware of that. They go live on Facebook and on YouTube. All right. So you can make yourself available to those. Second thing is, is we have begun a series in our small groups on the fruit of the spirit. We had our first lesson with some of our small groups last night. We will complete that lesson next with our the rest of our small groups tomorrow on Thursday. And so you don't want to miss those. And if you did, um, reach out and get connected with a small group. It's very important in this season, even more so, that you get involved with a small group. Then I want to also mention to you a couple of engagement items. Number one is each day we're encouraging you to read the daily proverb. In other words, pick the day. So what's the date today, folks? Let's see. Let me look. It's May 13th. So you read Proverbs 13. All right. There are 31 of them. So if you're very compulsive and want to have everything in order, you can go and make up the earlier ones from May, read an extra chapter, but read the proverb of the day and, uh, and, and engage with that. The second element is, is that we're encouraging you to go to newarkupc.info. Again, that's newarkupc.info. And there you can find a series that we did in August of last year on understanding your Bible. And uh, Pastor Desi did that series. It was a great success. It's available to you and to incentivize you if you complete that series. Now, it's an honor basis, so if you lie and go to hell over it, that's on you. It's not on me. I'm not going to, we're going to take your word for it, but if you'll go and watch that series and then go back after having completed it within this month, you can sign up for a drawing and you can possibly win a $25 Amazon gift card, and we all know Amazon is even more important these days than ever uh, because it saves you having to go to the store. They'll bring it to your doorstep and you can let it sit there for three days if you need to. All right, so let me get out of the way. We are excited to have Sister Rachel with us, and she is going to be bringing us Bible study, so we're going to get into the Word tonight. But also in this Bible study, and she'll explain more, she's going to demonstrate to you some of what we've been talking about with regard to engaging the Word as we daily dig, as we dig our own wells, as we dig out our relationships, our relationship with God, in our daily digging. So without any further ado, I'm going to mute my microphone, turn my camera off. Pastor Rachel, it's all yours. All right, here we go. Good evening. I'm going to jump right in because they don't want me to go over. So um, I I might try to go over a little bit and I don't want to get the, the head shake not to do that. So uh, tonight, let's start with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for the opportunity to come before you to study your word. Help us to learn how to daily dig our own wells. Help us to learn how to rightly divide your word and to seek after you with hearts that want to learn. In Jesus' name, amen. So tonight I'm going to introduce a passage that can cause frustration and condemnation. Have you ever been reading your Bible and a passage begins to weigh on you and you kind of feel like uh, maybe a donkey or camel has got more and more and more and more boxes or luggage packed up on your back as you begin to read scripture and you think, I can't do this. Um, I can't, there's no way 
It's that little emoji with mind blown. So tonight I want to talk to you about digging your own wells. When you run into that passage that makes you mind blow, like your little emoji. We're going to start off reading a passage. It will be very familiar to some of you. And some of you guys may say, oh, this isn't for me. I'm going to, I'm going to go do something else. This is for the women. Hang in with me and you'll find out that this is not just for the women. Tonight, I'm going to start and I'm going to read a section of Proverbs chapter 31. Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? I'm reading in the New Living Translation. She is worth more than precious rubies. Her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. She will not hinder him, but help him all her life. She finds wool and flax and busily spins it. She's like a merchant's ship. She brings her food from afar. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plans the day's work for her servant girls. She goes out to inspect a field and buys it with her earnings. She plants a vineyard. She is energetic and strong, a hard worker. She watches for bargains. Her lights burn late into the night. Her hands are busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting fiber. She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. She has no fear of winter for her household because all of them have worn clothes. She quilts her own bedspreads. She dresses like royalty in gowns of finest cloth. Her husband is well known for he sits in the council meeting with the other civic leaders. She makes belted linen garments and sashes to sell to the merchants. She is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs with no fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise and kindness is the rule. When she gives instructions, she carefully watches all that goes on in her household and does not have to bear the conscience of laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. I'm exhausted. Does this exhaust you just to read that? Notice she gets up early and she goes to bed late. Who is this person? So this is a scripture when we read it. If, mis if misunderstood, this passage can cause men and women to get in trouble. I know of men that have some cautiously and none, some not so cautiously suggested that their wives read this passage. It hasn't gone well for them. I know women that have read it, myself included, over time, and it has just worse. Every time I read it, I feel worse. There's no way for me to live up to this. And I feel this, this exhaustion, just reading it. I haven't, I'm sitting down and I'm exhausted just from reading that passage. So I'm going to do a little bit of a throwback to what Desi, I believe, presented on Saturday, talking about tools that we can use. So tonight we're going to look at this passage and we're only going to use the tools that he suggested. So I'm not going to pull in any other tools that you can't easily access, tools that have already been recommended to you. We're not going to pull any deep lexicons or any word studies. We're, we're going to stick just with the tools that have been already recommended to us to use at home as we dig our own wells. So the first thing we want to do is just look at the scripture. What 
does it tell us? Well, when you look at scripture, should you only look at the verses you're, that I just read? We've talked many times in different sessions about when we read our Bible, read the verses around it. So let's start with that. Let's go back to the beginning of this chapter and read what the first part says of chapter 31. We're going to do this a little bit. So if you have your Bible on your phone and you want to pull it out, uh, go ahead and let's study this together. Psalm, Proverbs chapter 31, verse 1. These are the sayings of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. O oh, my son, O oh, son of my womb, O oh, son of my promises, do not spend your strength on women, on those who ruin kings. And it is not for kings, O oh, Lemuel, to guzzle wine. Rulers should not crave liquor, for if they drink, they may forget their duties and be unable to give justice to those who are oppressed. Liquor is for the dying and wine for those in deep depression. Let them drink to forget their poverty and remember their troubles no more. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those who are perishing. Yes, speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get justice. So what we see here before we get to what we call the, the Proverbs 31 woman, this this wife of noble character, we see this mother warning her son, who is a king, to stay away from the immoral woman. So does anything ring a bell there? Let's just stop for a minute. Think, I know we're reading in Proverbs right now as a church family. When you're reading Proverbs, do you, do you, do you ever hear about the immoral woman? You do. Uh, this book in Proverbs is giving a last warning about the destructiveness of immoral woman and drunkenness. Do you hear about that in Proverbs? I, I do. And we don't always hear about it by ourselves. Many times familiar, what we hear is we hear what the immoral woman is doing, a warning about the immoral woman. And many times drunkenness goes along that, with that compared to the exaltation of lady wisdom. So we have this comparison all throughout the Proverbs. So the first tool that you and I have is our own Bible, our scripture. When we're reading, we go, oh, that sounds familiar. I think I've heard of that before. Uh, let me look, let me see where I've heard this before. So we go to scripture. So if we, there's many passages in Proverbs about the immoral woman, but one I'm gonna throw back to that, that really goes right along with, with this Proverbs 31 chapter is, Proverbs chapter five, verse one. It's just one of the many Proverbs that this mother could have been thinking of when she gave instruction concerning the immoral woman. In chapter five, verse one, I'm not gonna take time to read the whole chapter. I'm just gonna bring out some points into it. It says that the immoral woman, her steps lead straight to the grave. It says she will cause you to lose all honor and all you have achieved. Does that sound familiar to what we just read? As a king, she doesn't want her son to lose his honor, lose what he's achieved. Proverbs chapter five, verse one says that the immoral woman will cause your wealth and the fruit of your labor to be consumed by strangers. It says that the immoral woman will take you to utter ruin and public disgrace. That's gonna be a key thing we're gonna to come to at the very end of this study. Remember that in your mind, that the immoral woman leads you to public disgrace. So we have this trend of the immoral woman and lady wisdom. 
that is back and forth in the Proverbs talking to us. And so we know that's happening in scripture. We can go back into the Proverbs and we can see where that's been exemplified. So we know that that same example is ending Proverbs out where this, this mom is taking a minute to remind her son, this is the immoral woman, stay away from her. And then the example of Lady Wisdom. So I'm gonna quickly review the three tools that were recommended to us at, earlier this week. The first one is Bible Project. I went there online, Bible Project, I believe it's .com. I watched their video. I'm not going to show it tonight again for time, but I watched their video and it gave me a really good overview of understanding how Proverbs was written, how Proverbs is broken up into pieces. It's very interesting. It's really worth your time, especially while we're studying Proverbs this, this month as a church family, as we're reading Proverbs according to the day. If you have a chance, take the time, go and look at BibleProject.com and then you can click on the Old Testament and you can find Proverbs in there. And it's a really good video. So I did that first, just walking you through what I did. Then I went to my next, my next tool that was recommended. And that is uh, one of the Bibles, many, all the versions are recommended. I pulled out the Apostolic Study Bible as my next tool that I used. And I looked into this, the study notes and it, it very clearly stated that Proverbs 31, the verses that, that we're reading about the, um, the, wise, the wise woman, the noble wife, that it's actually a poem. So I looked in that Bible and I found out that, that this set of verses is a poem. It's called an acrostic. It's the type of poem, and you've all done it. You probably did a poem like this in kindergarten, where you take the alphabet, it's in this case, it's the Hebrew alphabet, but you could take our alphabet and every verse starts with the letter of the alphabet in sequence. So A is for apple, B is for ball, except A would be for the verse of scripture that started with that letter. So this isn't just a little piece of advice that this mom threw in. This is a poem. Someone took time to, to write and to create. So who knew? Proverbs 31, this, this noble woman, she is actually a poem. So I found that information in my Apostolic Study Bible. Then I went to, you can go to BibleGateway.com, which is where I went and I looked up the Net Bible, uh, which was recommended. The Net Bible, the New English Translation has lots of uh, just copious notes. And they use a lot of uh, very reputable commentaries and theologians that have, that have written on these topics. So it's a safe place to go to find information that is that is very reputable. Now, to make it easier, you can go to netbible.org. Netbible.org. Because when it pops up on your screen and you put your verse in, it'll have the verses you're reading and it'll have all the notes side by side. So it's easier to read than if you go to Bible Gateway and you have to kind of click around and find it. So I went to the Net Bible. I'm going to share with you some of the notes that I read from their, their notes and their comment commentaries. First thing it did was it suggested that you do a slow reading of the scripture you're reading. So a slow reading of Proverbs 31. Where have we heard that before? So again, I'm going to say this. Hopefully my husband will hear it. We're going to do a slow reading. That's, that's what we're going to do tonight. And this slow reading is recommended by the Net Bible. And they, they suggest you do a slow reading of this poem. And then these are, these are some excerpts from their notes. I wanna, I wanna read you before we get into our slow reading. 
The poem captures all the themes of wisdom that have been presented in the Proverbs. It arranges them in this poetic portrait of the ideal woman. So the theme of this, this poem, it actually is arranging the themes of wisdom from all of the Proverbs into this poem. It also reveals that if it were only a paradigm for women to follow, it may well be out of reach. Just like I said, it's, it's exhausting just to read all that this woman was doing. And it's really and truly out of reach. She was a wealthy aristocrat. She ran an estate with servants. She conducted business affairs of real estate, vineyards, and merchandising. She also took care of domestic matters um, that were, and it was involved in charity. It says that nothing, it, it doesn't comment though, if this is a real person, it doesn't comment about her personal relationship with her husband. It doesn't talk about her intellect or her emotional strengths, and it doesn't discuss her religious activities. So as a, if we try to compare ourselves with this, this lady wisdom, there's no way. It's impossible. We lose. It's failure right out of the gate. As you do your slow weed, read, the woman of Proverbs 31 appears to be a symbol of all that wisdom represents. Again, if we look back through the Proverbs, this, this woman represents wisdom and everything that wisdom would embody. The personification of wisdom was very common in the ancient Near East, but in the ancient Near East, they would, they would worship the personification of wisdom. And scripture doesn't do that. Instead of worshiping wisdom, as many cultures did, Proverbs describes wisdom as a woman. It describes wisdom in action. And then there are three features that will stand out as you study Proverbs 31. One we've already discussed. It's an alphabetic, alphabetic arrangement of the verses of wisdom. Number two, this passage is similar to hymns, but this one extols wisdom. So it, could, it was a hymn that could be sung, but it was specifically about extolling and exalting wisdom. And number three, which is very fascinating, this passage has similarities with heroic literature, like, like an ode or a champion, a victorious song. It references a virtuous and capable wife. This is the same, this word in the, the original word is used also in the book of Ruth to describe Ruth before she was married, when she was a widow. It means woman of valor. So this passage, these, these themes of lady wisdom, uh, many of our translations say a wife, but it is actually a woman of valor. That those same wording are used throughout scripture in the masculine to refer to a mighty man of valor. During the time this was written, most women were married. And so it was used in terms of a wife, but it is not only referencing wife. It, 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 the root, it is referencing a woman of valor. And then it's used for Ruth, who was considered a woman of valor before she was married, while she was still a widow. So I've said a whole lot, I know I crammed it in there, but I wanted to be able to take a few minutes and just study scripture. So now that we've used these tools to learn about the passage, I'm not the type of person that will read a commentary or 
read these net, the, the notes from the net Bible and be like, yay, I understand it all. Woohoo. I'm a little suspicious and I kind of have to find out for myself. So I like these tools and I'm going to use these tools because without these tools, I wouldn't know that it was a poem. I wouldn't know the information we just went through in these notes. I would know nothing about woman of valor. I wouldn't know that, that our that theologians are saying this is really about lady wisdom in action. It's embodying everything that's been taught about wisdom in action. And so now that I've been told that, I want to see for myself. So we're going to grab my Bible and we're going to see what the Bible says about wisdom, what Proverbs says about wisdom, and we're going to walk through comparing it to verses in Proverbs 31 to see how it lines up. So let's get digging. Proverbs 31 verse 10 says, who can find a virtuous woman and capable wife? She is worth more than precious rubies. Proverbs 8 verse 11, speaking of wisdom, says, for wisdom is far more valuable than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with it. So there we see, we see Proverbs 8 11 comparing wisdom to rubies. And we see this virtuous woman, this woman of valor, being compared to rubies. So if this really is in action, wisdom, then we already have one point for that theory. Proverbs 31 verse 11 through 12 says, her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. She will not hinder him, but help him all her life. Proverbs chapter eight verses 14 through 21, speaking of wisdom, says common sense and success belong to me. Insight and strength are mine. Because of me, kings reign and rulers make just decrees. Rulers lead with my help and nobles make righteous judgments. So right here we see wisdom. They're having rulers are putting their trust in wisdom and she is helping them make right judgments and decrees. I love all who love me. Those who search will surely find me. I have riches and honor, as well as enduring wealth and justice. My gifts are better than gold, even the purest gold. My wages better than sterling silver. I walk in righteousness in paths of justice. Those who love me inherit wealth. I will fill their treasuries. So that's a if her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life, not him but her him, but help him then this Proverbs chapter 8, verse 14 through 21 is a really good example of that, of helping rulers and kings make judgments, of providing riches and honor, enduring wealth and justice. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good description of what, what Proverbs is describing as wisdom. Now to the really exhausting part of Proverbs 31, verses 13 through 24. She finds wool and flax and busily spins it. She is like a merchant's ship. She brings her food from afar. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plans the day's work for her servant girls. She goes out to inspect a field and buys it. With her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She is energetic and strong, a hard worker. She watches for bargains. Her lights burn late into the night. Wait. She was up before dawn and late into the night. On a personal level, this, I'm like, where is her self-care? <laughs> it 
if we try to compare ourselves to this, we miss the beauty of this, these passages and that it's talking about wisdom. Her hands are busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting fiber. She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. She has no fear of winter for her household because all of them have warm clothes. She quilts her own bedspread. Wow. <laughs> she dresses like royalty in gowns of finest cloth. Her husband is well known for he sits in the council meeting with the other civic leaders. She makes belted linen garments and sashes to sell to the merchants. Whew, deep breath. That's so exhausting if I'm having to compare myself, but I'm getting excited because I realize I don't have to compare myself to that. And here we go. In Proverbs 24, verses three, three through five, it says, a house is built by wisdom and becomes strong through good sense. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with all sorts of precious riches and valuables. The wise are mightier than the strong and those with knowledge grow stronger and stronger. Another few verses that exemplifies this exhausting chapter where she's filling, literally like Proverbs says, filling her rooms with good things, filling their family and their life with good things. Proverbs chapter four, verse six through nine says, if you prize wisdom, she will make you great. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will place a lovely wreath on your head. She will present you with a beautiful crown. All those nice, beautiful clothes she made, the, the, all the things she made that she filled up the room and the work that she did are, are represented in, in these Proverbs. It's represented in many more Proverbs, which you can dig while you're digging your own well. These are just a few examples. Proverbs 31, 25, as we keep working through these verses, says, she is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs with no fear of the future. That's that's a pretty strong statement. But let's look at Proverbs chapter 1, verse 33. But all who listen to me, wisdom is speaking, but all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. Wow, what a parallel between these two verses. What a untroubled by fear of harm. And then we look over to 31 where she says, she lasts with no fear for the future. 31 verse 25 is putting chapter 1 verse 33 into action for us to see that she can laugh. She doesn't have to be afraid. Proverbs 31, 26 through 27. When she speaks, her words are wise and kindness is the rule when she gives instructions. She carefully watches all that goes on in her household and does not have to bear the consequences of laziness. Let's look over to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. Wisdom, she will guide you down delightful paths. All her ways are satisfying. That's kindness. That's taking you down delightful paths and watching you closely, just like was referenced in our previous verses. Then it says, wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Happy are those who hold her tightly. Now I'm getting excited. I've gone from being overwhelmed and this is exhausting and there's no way I can live up to this verse to now I'm excited because I may not be able to do all of the actions that are exemplified in that, in that verse, those verses of scripture, but I can get wisdom. I can study. We know scripture says we pray for godly wisdom. So I may not be able to compare myself to lady wisdom and be this perfect woman of valor that, that 
what I think is perfect, even though huge chunks are missing from a, a real life, but I can get wisdom. I can do this. I can seek after wisdom. Proverbs 31 verses 28 through 31 say, her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. In Proverbs chapter 8, verse 34 through 35 says, Joyful are those who listen to me, watching me daily at my gates, waiting for me outside my home. That's wisdom talking. For whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord. So here we see wisdom saying herself, you're going to wait outside my house for me daily, joyfully, watching, listening for me. And that is, that is the instruction that's given and what we see, which is being acted out in this Proverbs 31 woman. A few other things we want to pay close attention to is that this entire piece of scripture, we have to remember, was written and to a man. So guys, listen up. This is actually written to you. Why would this be written to a man? It sounds to me like something as women, the women would read and say, oh, no, I can't do that. But it's actually written to a man. What does that mean? Why should we pay attention to that? We have to remember the beginning of the chapter. It's written to a man and it's talking about the immoral woman. And if we read back into these chapters we've been looking into, we've been digging into, this immoral woman is destructive. And what we read, if, if I said we want to come back to, is that the immoral woman leads you to dishonor, public dishonor, whereas the Proverbs 31, Lady Wisdom leads you to, to a life of honor. And as we see that in, in the earlier Proverbs, instructions are being given uh, to the son in many of these Proverbs, and he's telling and teaching, the Proverbs are teaching, stay away from the immoral woman, stay away from this, it will destroy your life. Well, this poem is a poem that validates the, the man that has lived a life of wisdom, has tried to make wise choices, has tried to, to live his life according to wisdom. So this embodies lady wisdom, but it also shows the son that she's speaking to, stay away from the immoral woman, get wisdom. When you get wisdom, this is what wisdom leads to in a life in action. Obviously, it is not a formula. And if you if you watch the, um, the Bible project, it will point out that the Proverbs are not formulas. They are generalities. And so it's a really neat thing for the men as well. I, I, we have an article that is posted on our gathering hub tag that you can check out. It's three things you may not know about Proverbs 31. One of the things that is unique in this article is that um, the author spoke with some different and interviewed different uh, rabbis and different uh, people that she knew that were Jewish. And one friend of hers that is Jewish commented, she said, that's a beautiful passage. She said, my husband and my sons, they have memorized this passage in every Sabbath and different holidays, they quote it to me as an honor. So 
men, it is possible to use this passage positively without getting in trouble. You can read this passage to your wife and say, I want to honor you because you are a wise woman and I appreciate how you seek wisdom. And that wisdom in my life, the decisions I'm trying to seek wisdom and you are seeking wisdom and together we can have a life that is blessed by wisdom. And ladies, you can read this passage and you can say, I may not be able to do every one of these things, but I can get wisdom, which is what this is all about. It's about seeking wisdom. These are the benefits when we seek wisdom and when we live a life that we are trying to please the Lord and we are seeking after wisdom, which is all throughout the Proverbs encouraging us to do. So I think I'm ready for questions. I think we're ready to welcome Pastor Stephen back. He's still out there. I am here, Rachel. Am I coming through? You're loud and clear. All right. And Pastor Desi is also behind the scenes there, manning the, the chat. So questions are starting to come in. Why don't I just jump in right away? We have a question from Cassandra, which didn't get fully through. Why do you think the? So I got to wait for the completion of that to get through. This has been an excellent, excellent message. And what I would point out to everyone is the realization that when we actually dig into the scriptures and we build our repertoire, if you will, our tools and our skills in using our tools, it really increases the ability to get the depth of the scriptures and the depth of the word of God to us. And that's, that's awesome. So if you have questions, it would be uh, great if you would simply type those up in your chat feature, either in YouTube or in Facebook. Uh, help us out by prefacing it with the word question, and that way we can know. All right, so why do you think the poem was so ahead of its time in that it had the housewife and the businesswoman? So that was Cassandra's question. Sister Rachel, why do you think the poem was so ahead of its time in that it had the housewife and the businesswoman? Well, first of all, I would say uh, when mothers are speaking to their sons, especially wanting them to make wise decisions, they tend to speak very futuristic. <laughs> when I speak to my boys, I sometimes speak things that are not as though they are. Um, I don't know that it was out of its, it was out of its time and that many women during that time period did not have the the ability to do the things that we see this woman doing, this, this housewife, we see her buying land, selling land, we see her out in the marketplace doing things that many women did not, did not have the rights to do. They, they weren't privileged to do that. They were, there were lots of uh, limitations there. I think that, that we have to go back to the fact that this is a poem about wisdom, and wisdom is being portrayed as a woman. It's not being portrayed as, it's not a woman being portrayed as wise. It's wisdom being portrayed as, as lady wisdom. And so again, the, the trap there is to try and look at this and say, it was really ahead of its time because, because it was really promoting women's rights and women being able to do things. No, again, we're looking at wisdom being portrayed as a woman. If wisdom was a woman, she could do all of these things and even more. It's portraying the use of wisdom that she would have ex extended knowledge. She would know how to do things. Um, 
You know, if anybody gets up before dawn and stays up way after dark for for long periods of time, they're going to get sick. This isn't about a woman. It's saying she wisdom can do things. It can give knowledge and gain. Wisdom can help gain access to areas that otherwise we wouldn't have. All right. And I would add to that, Sister Rachel, that uh, one of the things that the Old Testament does is wisdom is one of the ways, uh, one of the aspects of God that is being depicted. So if you think about some of those characteristics you pointed out as far as being able to stay up late and be up early, it points to the timelessness of God, for example. And so wisdom or Sophia in the Greek terms um, is, is language that is speaking about God. And there's also a strong alignment, ironically, between that wisdom and also logos or the word. And so the, the whole plan of God that we fear here in John chapter one um, is, is God's ability to plan. And, and I think you've done an excellent job of drawing our attention to that while every human being would want to aspire to some of these characteristics of Proverbs 31, we're actually going to achieve them not by human efforts, but we're going to achieve them by following wisdom. That's right. Which the proverb is in poetic form all throughout the Proverbs depicting as a woman. And therefore, this is that triumphant encapsulation of all that makes up what wisdom is and all that wisdom provides for us. So, right. all right. Do we have any other questions? Uh, yeah, go ahead, Rachel, while I'm looking ahead here and looking at questions that are coming in. Um, when people go into victory, when there's been a great victory and people sing about battle, uh, battle victories, this is a, this is a vow, a song of valor. It's going to be, it's going to be all the, the, the good parts version. Uh, it's, yep. it's not going to have any of the normalcies of life. All right. So, Brother Scott, your question about how did women get the privileges to do these things when most slash all women during this time were prohibited from these things or at least didn't have access. I think we answered that in the course. So I just wanted to acknowledge good question uh, following up on the question from Cassandra um, that really in this case, while there were women and there always were throughout the ancient world, there were exceptions. Uh, right. In this case, it really wasn't about a woman. It was more about wisdom being portrayed as a woman. Which leads us to our next question, Rachel, um, which is, can you shed some light on why, if you, in your study, why wisdom is portrayed as a woman? Did you pick up anything as you were reading and digging into that as to why, the background as to why wisdom was chosen to be portrayed as a woman as opposed to whatever else? Um. I know that there are the specific verses was in Proverbs, which again is is the writer wisdom called refers to herself as in the feminine. That wisdom refers to herself. Um, many times I did read that a lot of during in the the ancient Near East, wisdom was many times personified as a deity, and was worshipped, and many times wisdom was even in the ancient world referred to in the feminine. Now, I have not done extensive research in I that. Think, and I think that probably touches on the best answer that off the top of my head I would point to is that uh, the Bible and the scriptures are written in a particular context. And so when God speaks through um, human beings to bring forth both orally and then they write it down, the scriptures, the revelation of the word of God, they use the language, they use the context of that time period. And so I think 
one of the, the strong contenders is the fact that, yes, you have examples even in pagan culture in which wisdom is uh, not only a personification of deity, but it's a personification of a female deity. Right. And so it, it would not surprise me that the answer to that question is largely that. It reflects the era and the time. And of course, we're not talking about multiple deities here because the, the, the Hebrew people know that there is one God. They reject that. But yeah. they're going to pick up the language that is tied to that, even the form, the grammatical form being that of a feminine. Uh, I think, and I, hey, this I think is, that that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, Desi, you want to pipe in there? Desi, I, I want to pipe in on this one, if that's all right. So I, I was going to say, much like Stephen, um, this is not unique to the Jewish people. This is not something that was even uh, distinct with the Hebrew nation as they personify wisdom as a lady. And please, please hear us repeatedly say it's a personification so just like, and I'm going to take a quick rabbit trail, just like and you see in Western culture, especially in European literature, death is always personified as this dark hooded skeleton figure with a scythe. We recognize that's not literally death as a skeleton with a black robe and a scythe. It's a personification. It's an imagery that represents what this concept is. Wisdom is personified as a lady not only in Proverbs, but all throughout the ancient Near East, in Greco culture, in Greek culture, in Roman culture, all the way up into the time right, of right. Jesus, the entire ancient world viewed woman, uh, viewed wisdom, excuse me, as a woman, as a lady, when they personified it. A lot of what you see in scripture, as you begin to dig your own well and dig deep, you'll realize that many of the concepts in scripture are not singular and unique to scripture. They're often correctives. If you've ever seen diet books that say, eat this, not that, and they teach you to substitute some fatty, salty food for some other healthier food alternative that's less calories, less fat, less salt, but has a similar taste, in many ways, the scriptures many times take a concept and it says, no, 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 it's not really like that. This is what it's really like. Wisdom is not a deity that is in a pagan shrine that you go offer sacrifices to. Wisdom starts with a reverence and a fear for God. Go back and read this in Proverbs. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And when you have a proper reverence for God, then you can gain knowledge from God. And this is what wisdom really looks like. It's not like all the other nations around us and how they do it. Wisdom really comes from God. And when you properly fear and reverence God, he will teach you this and this and this and this. But to personify wisdom in a way that was easy to remember and in a way that would be readily understood, not only by the Jewish people, but anybody else who heard these scriptures, they use the same kind of imagery that was found all over the ancient world. And it was a, it's this, not that. Yeah, and it's interesting watching your chat. Let me let me uh, shoot across the bow of a bunch of you. It's interesting watching your chat. When you dig into the scripture, it will challenge preconceptions. So beat into our heads over the years, which kind of sets us up for a question from Meg, I think, Desi, that'll be a good one to turn to now. Beat into our heads is this whole idea that this Proverbs 31 is about the perfect woman. And of course, Rachel has pointed to us how defeating that is. And in fact, in the hands of men, it probably was used that way. 
to impugn women and say, you're, you're falling short. Why don't you step up to the plate? Why don't you get up to where it's at? So because that has been so beat into our heads, we get into the idea that wisdom is particularly female. But that's not the case. Wisdom is being personified as female because the culture around them, that was the language they used. That's what they were familiar with. Mm -hmm. But in fact, the point of the article, if you go and read it, and that Rachel pointed to is the fact that the men, the Jewish men were called to memorize it, not the women. The men were called to memorize it. Why? Because both men and women are seeking wisdom. And in fact, wisdom is God. Wisdom is none other than the word of God personified for us. So it find, I find it amusing with some of you as, as I'm watching your chats, um, as, you, as you keep reverting back to that, oh, this is about women being whatever. No, this is about human beings pursuing wisdom that is personified as, as feminine. But as any of us pursue wisdom, then we gain all of her attributes. Rachel, you were going to say something. I just wanted to add a practical note to something that, that you and what you and Desi just said in that um, in the beginning of Proverbs, we have, again, the contrast between the immoral wo woman and lady wisdom. It would not work if you have the immoral woman and the, the wise guy. <laughs> Uh, it's talking to a son. It's a comparison. It's this there. It's writing in the, the early parts of Proverbs. It's writing to the son. And the, the push is to stay away from the immoral women and immoral decisions. Uh, the, the, the wrong crowd, the wicked, the evil, drunkenness, you know, slander, stay away from these things and choose wisdom. And we have to remember that this Proverbs 31 poem is a wrap up of what happens when you choose wisdom. When you, when you chose wisdom as a young person, this is where you're going to end up. And again, the whole thing in the beginning, the immoral woman and, and how to stay in the right crowd. And this is, is written to a, to a man. Uh, we glean, you glean from it, whether you're male or female, but the trap we fall into is saying, oh no, all of the women have to live up to this thing. And that's, that's not, it's that all of us should be seeking wisdom. Exactly. You have to allow scripture to interpret scripture. And right. as Rachel pointed out earlier in the study, if you go back, this theme of lady wisdom shows up repeatedly in Proverbs over and over and over again, as contrasted with this immoral woman. If you want, and here's a plug, she mentioned it earlier, go look at the Bible project. They've got, I think it's about eight minutes long. It's an excellent overview of the book of Proverbs. And it talks about lady wisdom and how the book opens with lady wisdom and it ends with this personification of a wise woman. And going back to Cassandra's initial question about the role of male and female and gender, while we both should glean, both male and female should glean from following wisdom, there's no question that the form in which God has revealed himself for God, if anyone lacks wisdom, New Testament, ask of God who giveth liberally, because all wisdom comes from God. Okay, so why then is it in this masculine and feminine form? Why are the dynamics? Because it's a reflection of the time period. God, uh, Paul talks about in Acts of, of God winking at times of foolishness, at, at putting up with times of brokenness, and then calling men into and women into accountability and saying, no more, we're not putting up with this. You see it in the Old Testament where God puts up with polygamy, for example. Uh, David having multiple wives, even if God's saying to him, if you wanted another wife, I would have given you one. 
And you're like, wait a minute, I thought you didn't like that. He didn't. But what God has always been is in a progressive form of redemption. He is constantly moving us forward from it. So this is without question, please do not misinterpret any of us to say that this is not, this is reflecting a time in which things were not the way they were meant to be. But in the midst of the brokenness, still God was trying to reveal himself. And so the form of it is going to be, yes, a primary focus, as Rachel said, upon men, but it and, and, and a primary representation of wisdom as a woman. But the focus of this, if we get down into it and we recognize it, even the way the Jews implemented it themselves, it was a realization that all should be following wisdom. And if they would, they would receive the benefits that come from that wisdom. Uh, and so Meg asks a great question. I think, Desi, we better go back there before we, we lose anywhere, lose any, go any further, where she asks a, a, a big question. And uh, I was Desi, wondering you... if you were going to throw this one at Rachel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's Rachel, throw this one out. Rachel, you have to ask Meg later, why? Why would you do this in public? Well, because she's being mean. That's why. Um, so what are some reasons why Christianity in general interpreted slash read slash taught this passage so literally. And then Meg uh, adds to that and says, the background insight you provided tonight gears the reader or us in such a different trajectory, which I agree, Meg, that's exactly right. When you get a hold of what Rachel's saying, it totally sets you off in a different direction, totally changes the way the passage feels and what it means practically. I thought maybe the Bible project might address this, but it, it, it doesn't really. Why is it read so literally? So Rachel, why don't you why don't you start with any thoughts you have on that, and then I'll see if Desi has any, and then I might throw a thought or two in there too. Well, I want to start with saying everything I presented, I was really tempted to do some deeper digging, and I refused to dig any deeper than what everyone at home can do. So everything we found out tonight, you, every one of you at home, have the resources to go and find out. There was no extra special digging to find this piece that, that, as Meg said, gets us going in this direction. Be and my thought is that, and I have read the Proverbs 31 many times without any deep digging, and it has, it has harassed me. And uh, and there are some there are some good there are some good um, renderings of this where people are trying to soften it a little bit, but say, yeah, well, you know, we just need to do this, and we, we need to do this, and try to do this to be a good woman or a good wife. Um, I love that just a little digging shows us that it's actually woman of valor. This isn't just to a wife. This is actually not a wife. It's a woman of valor. But I think we, we fall into the same trap that we fall into with many other scriptures. We read our own story, our own ideas backwards into the scripture. We read scripture and we think of where we are and we read back into the scripture. Just like a single person could read backwards into the scripture and go, Whoa, not getting married. Life's good for me because this is only to wives. Yay. So that's reading back our situation back into the scripture. And, and people do this. Theologians do this. We're all, everyone is guilty of reading our own story, our own ideas, things we've heard, things we've been taught into the scriptures. And I think you have people that take that and they honestly, are there good things you can pull out of this to be a good wife? Yes. Are there good things as an 18 year old male to pull out of this? Yes, because it's wisdom. We need to take knowledge and wisdom and learn to work with our hands, learn to do what we can do. There's so much that can be pulled out of this that's for us, but if we view it from wisdom, then again, we're not trying to compare ourselves. But if you just do a cursory reading, 
like I've done myself many times, you don't even want to read it. You're just like, oh, oh, this is terrible. This is impossible. And so I think that's what I, I believe that's what we do. I think that we read with whatever our knowledge is, we read back into that. We read our own insecurities into scripture. We all reread our own inabilities when we compare ourselves to something. Um, we, we, we fall short. And then it's really hard to look at the passage or even want to dig deep. Who wants to dig deep into Proverbs 31? It's only going to get worse, right? Absolutely. And Desi, before you take a crack at it, let me give you uh, all of the, the audience uh, two terms to, to be careful of. When we read the scriptures, we should be receiving something out of the scriptures. And this is what is meant by the term exegesis. It means when you take knowledge out of the scriptures. In other words, the scriptures are affecting us. They're changing us. It's the direction of God having miraculously revealed himself into the, through the scriptures, and it's meant to come into our lives. The opposite direction, with Rachel, which Rachel references without using the big 10-cent word, so I'll throw the big 10-cent word that she was referring to, is eisegesis. It means that we go and we take our thoughts and we put them into the scripture, and I think that is a, that is a, a powerful um, caution to all of us that we have to continually look at. And this is why you need to learn to dig in the scriptures, because we have a tendency to take all of our assumptions and read them into the scriptures. And we just assumed, and a translation is a big deal. Do you notice, folks? Translation, translation, translation. This is why we don't use a single translation, because you got the idea it was wife. Well, it is wife. In fact, almost every woman of valor in the ancient world was a wife. But the point was not a wife. The point was a woman of valor. The point was a depiction of wisdom. Desi, I, I'm sure you've got a little two cents that you'd like to throw in there. Anything you want to add to this, to round this out? Oh, I don't have two cents. I have a whole handful of change, but we don't have well, time. So I'll yeah, I know. So that, that's comments. why I said two cents. So start right, there. Right. So I'll limit it to two comments. Number one is just a general comment for all of us, a lesson we should learn as we begin to dig into the scriptures. The first thing you should point to is... If you do any sort of study, the Net Bible is an excellent example, and they're not the only place that points this out. The Apostolic Study Notes in the Apostolic Study Bible point this out as well. Once you reach verse 10 of Proverbs 31, it turns into an acrostic. Now, if you just take a breath and come up for air, you'll realize the entire literary structure changes. It's a poem. You can't see this in English because it's written in Hebrew. It's an acrostic where each line begins with another letter of the Hebrew alphabet. If you have that information, you immediately, without even reading it, know, wait a minute, the genre has changed. The literary form has changed. I shouldn't be reading this so woodenly and literal because I know it's a poem. We don't read poems woodenly. The Hebrew people didn't read this literally because they knew it was a poem. And we lose that coming from Hebrew into English without the help of some study aids. So I think part of the tendency to interpret it so literally is just a flat out misunderstanding of the text and failing to realize the genre, failing to realize the literary style. Ah, uh, there it is, Rachel. He got his he got his candy stick in. Did you hear that? Genre showed up. By the way, a little blurb. If you want to know about genre, you want to go watch that video series from our August Big Group Learning. Desi will talk a lot more about genre. That was slick, Desi. I saw that. You slipped your candy stick in there. 
and he's smiling because he agrees with me. And if you get a chance, go watch those videos. <laughs> I would say the vast majority, I'm talking 75 plus percent of the time that we misunderstand scripture is because we fail to recognize the genre, the literary style in which it's written. The one other comment I'll quickly make, and this is this is a whole long topic of discussion if you want to go dig it out some other time. Christianity in general, I'm making a broad sweeping statement, has a long history of either downplaying or dismissing its Jewish heritage and its Old Testament roots. And Christianity in general starts with Greek and Platonic philosophic thought with the New Testament and then reads backwards into the Old Testament. If you go read any, this is readily, this is readily available. The Jews don't read this as a literal passage. To this day, again, they know it's a poem. And throughout their history, they have read it as a personification of Lady Wisdom. So how do we miss it? Oftentimes, unfortunately, in Christian history, we have not done enough respectful service to the people it was originally written to and their own understanding of their holy scriptures. Absolutely. Just because, just because truth was rejected doesn't take away the truth they already had. And that's the part that we have to have to get a hold of. Rachel, go ahead. And then we have one final question and is for you, Rachel, it is yours. Desi and I are not the one that answered the final question. So, but go ahead and make the comment and then we'll close out with the final question. All right, my comment, this is to help us remember. If you come back to this, this passage and you, you're feeling a little condemnation, you can't remember everything we said. I want you to say something with me. Roses are red and violets are blue. Okay, we're going to say it together. Ready? One, right. two. Roses are red, violets are blue. Now think about it. Are all roses red? No. Are all violets blue? No. Okay. This is a poem. It has to work in their acrostic. Some of the things That's you cannot right. apply to yourself. All roses are not red and all violets are not blue and you are individual. And we cannot all be. If I had to be a good wife, if I had to get up before sunrise every day, I could do it, but then I would go to bed at five o'clock in the afternoon and my husband would never see me and probably not like me. <laughs> so I might be a rose, but I'm not red. Okay, so roses are not red and violets are not blue, but you have to say that to make all of the little poems that go with that work. This is a poem. Everything in it is not wooden. It's not, it may be a part, it might be true, but it's not all of the truth. It's not the whole picture. It's just a picture. Yeah, how much language we use, it's not literal. We use it in word pictures and images and all these kinds of things. God didn't limit himself in our language to only literal language. We don't limit ourselves, and therefore he didn't either in expressing his truth. All right, the final question, which kind of hits this intersection. This is from the Allen family. What advice could you, and I think, Rachel, you, you are well-equipped to answer this one. What advice could you give to young men, excuse me, young women and men who are not yet married but aspire to be in regards to trying to live up to this passage word for word. Now, there's a couple elements there. I'll let you decide how you want to slice and dice that question. What advice would you give to young men and young women as they look at this passage, they're not yet married, about living up to this passage, what it's calling us to? And I think that'll be our final question tonight. We'll draw it to a close. Well, I'm going to begin with, you cannot live up to this passage word for word. I don't care who you are. Um, but also, I would advise a young person to begin at the beginning. This is the end of the matter. This is the poem that round, rounds out the Proverbs. 
I'm speaking to a young person, a young man or woman that is not married, I would say go back and read the Proverbs. Because you see in you see some very disturbing things in Proverbs. You see the young man, and we could say young woman if it was a man in the streets, following the immoral woman, okay? Mm-hmm. So following an immoral person and destroying their lives. And we see that. We see wickedness. We see drunken, debauchery, all these things that Proverbs addresses. But you also see in a passage that, that this, there are those that have fallen into immorality and, and, and these horrible things. And at, towards the end of their life, they cry out to wisdom and wisdom mocks them. I did study this out a little bit. Um, it's not that wisdom is making fun of them and saying there is no redemption. It's that due to certain choices we make in our lives that we all, all live with choices we wish we had not made. We can't go back and change those choices. And those choices affect other things in our life. I'm very thankful for redemption. I'm very thankful for the blood of Jesus that covers us. I'm very thankful that God, God forgives. And many times he even offers a new path, a, a new way. He offers redemption. What I would say to the young person is, listen to wisdom now. Read the Proverbs. Don't wait till you're later in your life and you want to turn to wisdom. And, and what mocks you is the thoughts, the regrets the condemnation, the guilt, the things you wish you had done differently. That's what that scripture is referring to. Those things will mock you because you had an opportunity to make wise choices. Does God forgive? Yes. Does he cover us? Does he offer redemption? Yes. Can you go back to age 20 and redo the redo overs? No. And in your mind, God forgives and he pushes those, those things that we've done away. But they, there's many things that don't leave our minds. And that's what it's referring to when it talks about wisdom mocking them. It is that wisdom is like, I can't do anything for you now. I've tried, you know, you're past your 20s. You're in your 60s now. You're in your 50s now. And so I would say to the young person, don't try to be a Proverbs 31 person. Go back and start at the beginning. You'll get there. But you can't start at the top of the mountain. You can't start at the finish line. You have to start at the beginning. And that's for everyone who's not a young person. We can start at Proverbs. Absolutely. Great advice, Sister Rachel. Uh, Brother Scott, the answer to Sister Betty's question in 15 seconds is, just because you have wisdom, Sister Betty asked, why could Solomon be considered the wisest man in the world when he had such trouble with women? Just because you have great wisdom does not mean you have all wisdom. In other words, never stop digging. Did you see what I did there, folks? Pretty slick, huh? All right, that's it. We're done. The broadcast if is done. If you have any we... other burning questions related to this topic and you didn't get to them, you're welcome. You're right, to Brother Desi. Rachel. Yeah, Brother Desi Rachel.lugo at newarkupc.org. Again, that's yes. Rachel.lugo at newarkupc.org. All right, everybody. Thank you for being with us. God bless you. And as we say, good night. Have a good night.